God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. That the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelations chapter 7, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four wings of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So one forty-four thousand. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed twelve thousand. So we have Judah. Rubin and God together. Of the tribe of Asa were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephtali were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. So we have Asa, Nephtali, Manasseh. Then we have Simeon, Levi, and then Issachar. Then we have Zebulon. Joseph, and then Benjamin. Hallelujah. So these are the tribes and their seals upon their foreheads. Hallelujah. And these were supposed to represent the church, those that have separated themselves unto the Lord. Now today, I want to share with us on divine providence, okay? divine providence in a particular way, which as the message goes on, will become clear to us, divine providence. Now, divine providence is God's government, God's government. So providence, provision, right? So the provision that God makes so that the universe that he has created, both the spiritual side and the material side, will be governed by him. That is divine providence. Hallelujah. Divine providence. Now, the nature of divine providence is such that when it is in action, when God is working, when God is operating, he operates such that we are unaware of it. 
Okay, so when God is operating in your life, when God is moving things and organizing you and making sure that you tread a particular path and you avoid a particular problem, you avoid a particular disaster, so that what it is that he wants for your life will come to pass. He does it such that we do not see him at work. Hallelujah. Now, the primary purpose of divine providence is to make a heaven from the human race. In other words, divine providence works primarily to provide for the souls of men. In other words, God's aim is your spiritual transformation. You understand that? So now, because of that, his government is to make sure that this happens with you. His government is to make sure that this happens with you. Now, as it is his government to make sure that this happens with you, it does not mean that automatically it will happen with you. You understand that? Because then you will have to respond to God so that then what he wants to do can happen. Amen. So the main aim or the major aim of divine providence is so that men will be prepared in the earth for heaven. Hallelujah. And those in heaven will be able to live towards each other in the way that God wants them to live. So that is divine providence. All that God is trying to do has to do with the souls of men. Hallelujah. Now, it is also said that there are many things that organize themselves to affect the souls of men. And that's where the material things and all the other things we deal with in this world come into play. But God does not deal with material things isolated from the souls of men. You understand that? So, for instance, if you are seeking something material, your best bet is to find how that material thing connects to your soul. You understand that? Yeah. Otherwise, your prayer will be amiss. You'll be praying amiss. Otherwise, what you'll be asking for will be against the will of God. You understand that? So God, give me a job. Why? Do you get it? If you get the why right, then God, in trying to move concerning your soul, will have to move concerning your job. So for instance, God, I want a job so that I can be useful. Now, for the health of your soul, there has to be an outlet through which you provide uses. It means that God has made it said that if you have an intent, but you cannot fulfill that intention, you are not in good health. So to intend alone is not good. There must be an outlet through which that intention can be brought into light. You understand that? So then, God, I want a job so that I can be useful. It's a good way to get a job because then, according to your internals, you are organized in agreement with God. You understand that? But God, I want a job so that everybody will see that me too. I did. Right? And remember, it is the heart that is praying. So you can say with your mouth that, God, I want a job so that I can be useful. But quietly in your heart, you want a job so that your self-esteem can improve. Hallelujah. But God also then will hear your prayer in this way that you want to improve your self-esteem. So he'll be then answering your prayer, but not with a job. Because it's not with a job that you improve your self-esteem. You understand that? Yeah, so if you want something, it has to be linked to the salvation of your soul or the living of the spiritual life. This is important. You can't drag God in any direction that you want. God is fixed. 
So we play around God. We align to God. God is fixed. So if you want God to flow, he's already flowing. So you have to locate the direction of the flow of God. Then you align yourself with God in that regard. So when I say the primary aim of divine providence is the salvation of men, I do not mean that then God's providence does not move in any other way. It is because when the salvation of men is placed on top, everything else becomes important. In other words, if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness as the primary thing, every other thing is important. If you seek every other thing as the primary thing, they are no more important. Because what is important then will serve the highest goal that you are looking for, which is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So there's a place where wealth becomes important. That's in God's plan, it becomes important. But it has to come lower than the salvation of your soul, the transformation of your person. Wealth has to fall beneath that. Once wealth falls beneath that, you find that there's divine providence organized also for your material provision. Hallelujah. Yes. So the aim of divine providence is the transformation of the souls of men, the preparation of men for heaven. So this should help us because then when we approach God, we have to know who God is. You see, you have to know the kind of person you are approaching. So what you are bringing, if it doesn't fit who you are approaching, then you go somewhere else. Hallelujah. You have to know God. So this is God. Because if this is divine providence, then this is God. This is what God is always looking at. So when we are aligned with God, what concerns us the most is our souls. Do you understand that? When we are aligned with God, that's what concerns us the most. And it means that then God can flow through us. If what concerns you the most is your soul, God can flow through you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So God provides. But when God is providing, when God is moving, he moves such that we don't see. And it is because when we see God moving, it will interfere with our free will or our freedom. Now, this freedom is also important to God because it must be in place for this salvation of our soul to work. Because we must choose God as if of ourselves we are choosing him, but believe that he's the one that is helping us to choose him. Do you see that thing? So when you are choosing God, it's like you are left alone to choose God. But when you choose God, you must believe that he is the one that supplied the grace so that you may choose him. Do you understand that? So that free will is important. And when you can be so God just moving. Do you understand? Holy Ghost power moving in the air as you can. It will interfere with many things. It will arrest your thinking so that you will not be able to think for yourself anymore. It's the same reason why sensational signs and wonders are not necessary for people to believe. They are only necessary because of the uses. Do you get it? So for instance, I believe in God now because God healed the sick. No, it can make you stop and pause and say, hey, what's going on? But eventually, you're going to have to believe God, not because he healed the sick, but because of his commandment, what he has commanded you to do. So it leaves the realm of sensational happenings. You understand that? But then that sensational happening is also useful. So God will perform it, but he does not perform it to cause you to believe. Because to believe you must have information, truth, doctrine, and you must choose whether that doctrine that you have 
is good or evil, and then you must align yourself with it through obedience. That's how we come to the place of faith. Amen. So God, do this thing for me so that I will know that you are God. Then God will hear your prayer because it means that all that you want to do is that you want to know that God is God, right? Then it comes through another way. So God will be answering you. So you really want to know that God is God and he's answering you. But you think that he will answer you by letting money fall in your account. Do you understand that? That thing, when it happens, after some few days, you forget that God is God. Something, something God has done for you before. That you are sitting and see God has not done anything for you. When it comes that we are like women or wives, you see, women or wives easily forget because they dwell in the moment. And so if you are somebody that, like as a husband, you keep records and you want to be healed for your past event, you know, when you are fooling today, it's as if you've never done anything good before. Like, at least they should look at what you did. No, 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 now we see what is happening now. That's how human beings are. We are like women. Did you see? Oh, when I say we are like women, it's contextual. It's in the moment. In the moment that they are somewhere about what is happening, they remember just the moment. Do you understand that? Yeah. But after that, they will remember the other things. Do you get? But in the moment, and it's for a reason. In the future, I will talk about that. So it's not necessarily a negative trait. Hallelujah. Yes. So we are like that towards God. So some of you, some coming through power that God came through for you. Now, when you face another issue, you don't even remember that one. Like God would want to tell them, at least remember this, I said, you can believe that I'll sort you out this way. No, it doesn't work like that. So God can sort you out today. If you don't develop spiritually, tomorrow, eh, when you face another issue, you will behave like it's not God that sorted you out yesterday. Hallelujah. And it's because we don't come to faith by sensational happenings. We come to faith by obedience. Hallelujah. Two temptations. And that's how everybody must come to faith. So maybe you want to come to faith in another way. One of the things that this is I want to share with us is how whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. It's what God says must be done or how God wants it to be done. That will work. Now, for example, maybe you want to pursue God, but you want to pursue God in a certain way. It won't work. It's true. It won't work. Do you see? It won't work. It's only the way God said he must be pursued that it will work. That's all. So God moves, okay? But he wants our free will to be intact. And because of that, when he moves, we don't see. So for instance, God has been organizing your life, at least in the way that you have allowed you. And that allowance at times is not even that you are conscious of it. Just you being sincere, okay? You see, sincerity is an important thing. Sincerity, it compensates for lack of know-how. Do you get it? It compensates. So it may be that you may not even know how to approach God, but your sincere heart in really looking for God will make you still find God. Do you get it? Because God will now move to cater for you in that your sincerity. Hallelujah. So what you need is sincerely wanting to do the right thing, wanting to follow God. Now, if you make when you were young, you really wanted to follow God sincerely. But the thing that you were taught in that context was bad. But still, God found you. Why? Because of the sincerity of your heart. So what we need most for divine providence to work for us, especially when we don't know what God is, we don't know the word of God, we don't know much about God, is just sincere 
heart, the sincere heart. You understand that? Yeah. So God is trying to organize you all the time. From the time that you were born, God is trying to organize you. But you will know. In the moment, you will not know. In the moment, you will not know. In the same way that God is trying to organize you, hell is also trying to organize you. Do you understand that? But if you are sincere, just sincere, you are just trying to follow God, you find that God will organize you more than the way hell will organize you. Okay? But the thing about divine providence is that we observe it from hindsight. So it is also important that as a person, when you are there, you have to, from time to time, cast your mind back as to how you have come to where you are. If you do that, you will be able to see more clearly the hand of God. Remember, the hand of God is not to be seen in the moment when you are trying to take steps. It is to be seen on hindsight. Very important. When you must take steps and you must battle your way through, most of the time it feels like you are alone. At an, an idea that you are pushing, at times you want to be sure that it is God, but you never get to that place. It is on hindsight that you see beyond reasonable doubt that it was God that was pushing you. Hallelujah. But when you must deal, you just know that this is the right thing. But as to how to be 100% sure, you will never be 100% sure. Hallelujah. So as a person, from time to time, you have to look back. And I believe that the end of this year is a good time for us to look back. Hallelujah. And to see how God has organized us, organized you as a person, how God has ordered your steps. How God has brought to you intentionally what is necessary for you at every point in time. How God has brought people your way who when they came were like normal people. Because what you saw was that they were normal people. But on hindsight, you realize that they are angels that were sent into your life, right? But when it's happening, you don't know that they are angels. And you have to look back even beyond this year to your life and you find the angels that God sent to you. Hallelujah. And when you understand that, then you can be grateful to God. Is that not the case? But then you also learn that in the time that you are not so sure that God is organizing you and you have to kind of do mechanical activity, you have to just take his word and apply it. You are not sure how it will turn out. You are not sure if it will end you well as you are following the word of God. In that time, you have to believe that God is with you. In that time that you are looking for faith, because you know clearly that you don't have faith, as you are looking for faith, you have to think that God is with you. It's important. It's not that when we don't feel that God is with us, we have to then think that God is not with us. No. We have to still think he's with us when we don't feel that he's with us. And when we are able to do the right thing, even though it seems as though then God left us to do it, he didn't. So we have to then see that it is he that supplied the grace for us to be able to do it. Do you understand that? That when you're able to rise up and take some steps, that builds you up as a person. In taking the step, you find the struggle involved in it. But when you finish taking the step, you have to acknowledge that it is God that supplied the grace. Because that's really what happened. The reason why you didn't see is because God does not make the activity of divine providence clear to us in the moment so that your free will will be preserved. Do you understand that? So you cast your mind back. You consider what God has done in your life, how he has organized you, how he has led you, how he led you even to this point in your life. Cast your mind back. 
how God led you to your spouse. Cast your mind back. How God led you to your job. How God led you to the path that you are on now. That it seems like this is it. This is the path. It has not produced its full results, right? But you know that this is the path. How God led you to that path. Many of you, when you are choosing your spouse, today, today, per your current judgment, you shouldn't have been right in choosing your spouse. But somehow, at least on a good day, we know you are right. Hallelujah. Do you know the good day? Like when everything is fine between the two of you, we are sure that you are right. Right? Yeah. Some of you choose your spouses when you are in the university. And I still encourage people to choose their spouses when they are in the university. Okay. At that time that you are choosing, with what you have learned, if we are to analyze how you choose, you understand? But you realize that maybe there's a certain sincerity in your heart that somehow made you stumble upon the right person. You understand that? And it's God that is organizing it. Some of you have children now. You look at your children and say, hey. Once I tell Sally, I said, do you know that like, no matter I go back a year beyond her year. So if she's five, I said, do you know six years ago, you didn't exist. <laughs> like you were not there. You were not anywhere. You understand that? So I look at it. I remember we get up and we are going for lectures. Charlie, today we don't want to go for lectures. They say, Charlie, the lecture come on. We just wear something. Then we run. Then I said, we're doing the same. Jeezy. So we're going to give birth. No, you have to think about it. You see, it's as if it's some regular activity. But these are human beings. Yes, and you know that your children is a combination of yourself and your spouse, right? So neither if you are choosing a different spouse, this your child you like, it will be different. Do you see? But we also believe that children are permitted to come into the world by God. Do you see? So what is really happening? Hallelujah. Yeah. So that's my point. That I tell you, we are moving there. Oh, child, I, I've seen a lady. I like her. Oh, child, I, I, I like her. Some of you went to some they bounce you. Right? But now you look back and say, glory to God. <laughs> some of you ladies, some gentlemen walked away from your life. And when they did, I remember I've played babysitter to many ladies like that. Phone calls upon phone. Is this is that I've delegated that duty to pastors and elders. Those times, I was the one that used to do it. As you know, it didn't come up. It didn't come up. I don't want to look anywhere. So you know, see. It didn't come up. It didn't come up. It didn't come up. It didn't come up. Do you see? Not knowing that you are being saved. What do you think? But when it's happening, it's like anything can happen kind of life. As if. God is not organizing the thing. But I'm also saying God is organizing it. But he's so perfect in organizing the thing. It's like when you have an orchestra that there's no one conducting. But they play so perfectly that no. You see, we will search for the conductor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because nah, the way it is, is too well organized. You see. So many things have happened. As I was sharing with you, People that were angry with God, right? And then you come here, like, where the law? So much. Sometimes it's little, little things. 
Some of you, it was as simple as today you decided to sit in a particular place longer than you should have. And then a brother or a sister came and sat by you. That's all. Actually, I told you the divine providence, what I want to talk about is specific. It has to do with how God organizes us together. Like, see how we are here. God organized us. You have to go back and check. Do you understand that? Yeah. You have to go back and check how we met you. I remember one of the vacations in prayer in the house, God told me that when you come to school, you meet three ladies. Do you get it? Yeah. So when I came to school, I met them. It was Pastor Wendy, her roommate, Lorna, and then another roommate, Baba. Do you see? That was it. Do you see? Can you imagine that? I remember I met Pastor Debbie in her sister's room. Those of on campus, those of us that didn't have food. When we close from a meeting, we escort them and go to them, and then they'll give us. When I went there, Pastor Debbie had come. She was not in the university, but she had come to visit with her father. Yeah. That was the first time I met her. Do you get it? And here we are, right? Some of you, you, let's go into how we are here. When it was happening, it seemed so random. It seemed so random. But what I also want you to see is that God is the one that did it. You see how even your natural family, God is the one that made you come out. I know some of you don't like where you are, where you are coming from. But I'm also telling you that if you didn't choose, then who chose? Somebody might have chosen, right? Somebody might have chosen. If you didn't choose the combination that brought you, maybe you don't like your father. Maybe you don't like your mother. You understand? But you didn't choose. So who did it? Except you want to tell me that God is not somehow involved in how we appear in this world. Do you see? So your family that you came out of, you have to believe that there was a purpose. Do you see? If you ask me stories, I can tell you stories about my family, where I'm coming from. I can take my father, talk to you about my father, take my mother. My mother is the most interesting one. <laughs> talk to you about my mother. Do you understand? But I'm very happy I came from there. Yesterday, I was telling Pastor you know, that I thought I'd go back and I look at why I'm the way I am. And I realized that there was divine providence. The last time, was it the pastors that I was sharing with you? And I said that, that and there's nothing spectacular about our birth, right? Yes, because we are looking for a sign. Do you get you're looking for special effects? But if you go back and you analyze who you encountered, who was your friend when you were a child, who was your teacher? I was telling them my class one teacher. She was very pretty. So as usual, class one was a pretty grown-up teacher. You like the teacher, right? Yeah. I mean, she had finished SHS, but she seemed so grown, right, at that time. So when, when she was in war crying, so she called me and said, hey, look. My class, I'll be first, eh? then like second, third, fourth, fifth, right? They are all girls. So she, the lady, called me and said, look, I'm leaving. Don't let these girls pass you. You see, it's a normal thing, right? Especially as you are good at When you are good at you are not easily impressionable, right? I fed, I fed. That's when you analyze and say, even this person was not the best in class. At this point. But you still, when you are good, you have, you have other thoughts, right? But when she said that to me, I was like, okay. So I promised them. And I made sure it never happened. 
<laughs> yeah. From class one to class six. And I left the school. I made sure it never happened. And it was always on my mind. It's like an agreement that must not be broken, right? That's my point. So class one, who you encountered, class two, who you encountered. I used to have a teacher in class two. They used to call him Mr. Crazy. He asked you the things that you teach children. I don't really remember what he taught me. You get it. But he used to take us, there's a tree, almost twice a week or something. So from second break, going, say, hey, we are going, and then we are happy. Then go and sit us, and then they will tell our stories. Stories of how, if your heart is pure, God, when he said that he was in a car, and that as he was in the car, he felt like he had stretched his legs, right? He felt like he should sit, like bring his legs back. You get it? So as he felt that, we you know, the car had an accident. And the driver, trying to save his life, used his side to hit. And the car's front moved to where he had stretched his leg to. And he was untouched. Do you see? That's like, eh. And he explained that if you serve God with a pure heart, these are some of the things that can happen to you. Do you see? So my point is that you look at the aggregate of your life, the things that have happened, and then you find that, no, God was trying and was moving. But you see, because this world is full of rebellious people too, God trying, it will not be so perfect because we can also rebel. So for example, if your life is maybe 60% divine providence. There's also 40% you now, you sport. So it's like your life is a mixture somewhere. So it's as if God gave you that mixture. But it's not God. God gave you the pure, nice 60%. The rest is when you went out of the way and he tried and tried and tried and he couldn't get your attention. And now I'm sharing this with you because I'm sure you all have stories to tell. Some of you maybe in your past, you may find that there are better experiences, right? And in those better experiences, you feel like, how is God present there? God is not the one that created the better experience. Do you understand that? But I'm also saying that God is the one that was present, that you survived to this point. God is the one that was present. At times, we look at our life and feel like, ah, it's not what it should be. But my point also is that if God had not held you, then he would have destroyed you more than this. <laughs> Do you see? So you think that ah, it should be better than the vamps. You know, if God were not mitigating some of the foolishness in our lives, maybe what they would have done to us. Hallelujah. Like we have to really calm down and think through some of these things. Well, hallelujah. Some of you friends that you met. Do you see? Friends that you met. I'm a, a proponent of the fact that you don't need to force yourself into people's lives. It's very important. I believe that if somebody will become close to me and be in my life, it is God that must orchestrate it. I don't like nonsense. You understand? <laughs> when I say nonsense, I'm not talking about I do like nonsense. Like, it's a burden. When you admit people into your life, eh, it's a burden. You know? Some of you, I don't know if you don't see it. Do you see it? Like, for example, you're walking and somebody says, oh, I want you as a friend. They say, oh, okay, <laughs> let's start being friends. Me, if I look at it, they say, no, I have to then commit to this. How am I sure that this deserves my commitment? So I have to weigh the thing. 
That's why I will not start by giving you my number. I'll tell you, oh, okay, I stay here. Or oh, this one, I attend church. Feel free to pass by. Some steps must be taken before you get into my life. Or some of you like, oh, you are a very nice person. Can I have your number? Okay. 0244. <laughs> <laughs> you see, God is organizing your life. But you see, these things that you are also admitting, they are going to create confusion. Too many voices are going to enter your life more than it should be. When then you must, through the voices that God rather has sent into your life, hear God, you find that there are other conflicting voices. It's like God said, let's move from here, Egypt, to the promised land. Then the mixed multitude also came along. You see, I'm mixed multitude also came along. And some of us, because we don't understand it, even the people that become your friend, do you understand? The people that become close to you, the people that come into your life, God is the one that must organize it. You just admit it. Tell you, oh, connection. Oh, this, Charlie. Oh, this. You set out in life to know people in high places. Do you understand that? So you have introduced people into your life that were not organized into your life by God. Do you understand that? And I'm sure you can look back into your life. Now that you have read this book, you can look back in your life, those that shouldn't have been in your life, those that God also sent into your life. You can see some. God, from hindsight, you can know, right? Yeah. You can say, hey, this friend came into my life and just that friendship maybe kept me on the path of purity. Right? At that time, we didn't even think like, Oh, we are being pure for God. But somehow, with this friend, the fact that we were virgins was so powerful to us and it kept us through our youthful days. Uh, do you see? Yeah. Because you can also fall into some friendship. I was telling Mamadi about some young guy's status that a lady he has slept with. The guy is talking about the, the lady too firing back, and the guy is putting the lady's firing back on his status, and the lady keeps firing. It means that the fact that you are sleeping around and things, you know, and you don't care. And it means that there are places that such things are normal. So if you allow a friend from there into your life at a young stage, right, you find that you also grow and think that such things are normal. Hallelujah. So if you see a friend that entered your life that made you start becoming serious academically, me, I believe that temperamentally, okay, having to relate like on a friendly level, some people are better than me. Do you understand that? Uh-huh. And this is the advantage of it. I don't have too many friends. So my mind is always clear. <laughs> you understand that? From childhood, I've not had too many friends. Always is one friend. So if they are looking for me, they know where I am. So consistent kind of thing. You understand that? So they come and look for me there. Growing up, when I was in primary school, I had one friend or two from my school. Just a few. People. Who was my friend crying primary? Ah, I remember them. They were three. One left, so it became two. JHS, it was Pastor Timothy. And then another guy was called Samuel Hagar. Just the three of us. You see. And we did wonders. 
It's not that everybody else will say, go away, don't come talk. No, we relate with you. Right? Oh, hello, hi, but no. SHS, it was Pastor Timmy. That's all. Juicy. When I came to you guys, I had one friend, Pastor Stalin. <laughs> and we did wonders. You see, I can tell you for sure why these people came into my life. I can tell you. I can tell you. You see, so you have to even believe that God organizes friends for you. God organizes people into your life. God sends angels into your life. It means then that you have to follow certain principles as to how you admit people into your life. You shouldn't admit people into your life because they like you. You shouldn't admit people into your life because they make you feel good about yourself. You shouldn't admit people into your life because they have something that you last after. Do you see? No. You have to be careful because what you admit, it then may eventually block God's power. God is organizing your life behind the scenes. And you see too, for instance, some of you eh, who should actually be your friend, you don't have energy for the person. I'm telling you, who should actually be your friend, you don't have energy for the person. Or who should be your friends, the people that should actually become your friends, you don't have energy for them. Your energy is finished. You have energy for those that shouldn't be your friends. So because you have given your, you don't have energy for other friendships. So there are people that God organizes into your life to be your friend, to be close to you, to impart your life, but you can abandon those people and then go for other friends so that those friends will now also impart your life and it will seem as though God is not there to help you. Hallelujah. And it's an important thing. It's an important thing. I always tell people that your key friends to people that are on similar spiritual path as you. You can have work friends, right? You can have this friend. You can be close to people. But the key people that impact your life consistently must be people that you are on the same spiritual journey with. Very important. Not people that are the same as you. Not people that even are at your level spiritually. I'll talk about that. But just the same journey, generally the same journey. Because it means that what they will spew out, it is likely going to support you or help you on that journey. But if you are with people that are on a contrary journey or don't care for your journey, right? You see how in God's universe, everything gives off energy. We don't even see that it's giving off energy. Every human being gives off energy, whether positive energy or negative energy. So you think that people are in your life just to be in your life, right? No, they are impacting your life. And every energy is connected to either devils or angels, evil spirits or good spirits. So this is so clear. If you are around somebody and the person is plagued, okay, by devils, you are likely going to be plagued by similar devils. Yes. Now if you are in somebody and the person is plagued by fear, with time you find that you are being attacked by similar fear. It's true. Now, I mean that then when you see that you have to battle, do you get it, and then stay alert. But generally, if then you are with somebody that is going on a different direction, because he doesn't care about God, but that's the person you are with and you are gossiping with and chatting with and flowing with all the time. They are spitting into your life. They are giving off vibes. They are influencing your life. And what they are giving is against what divine providence is making available for you. It's against it. Hallelujah. It's against it. 
So let's check. Let's look back. How we met who? When you met who? The circumstances. I remember when I met Abaka. I met you through Ostali, right? Yes, Pastor Ostali. I remember, Pa. Was it about your laptop that your mother had bought that was above specs? So we're all wondering what you're using that laptop for. <laughs> you see, but you're here. You're in God's way. When we met, what was I going to do? We're all in Dams, right? But we are here. Do you see? Do you know when I met Pastor Brian? SS. He remembers that, that, that I don't remember that that's why I met him. I was going to lash some foolish boys. <laughs> and he was part. <laughs> so when I came, I said, I'm sure don't know you can't tell me who But people were blocking. <laughs> you see? So he said, I let him go. Like I let I let them when I came, I said, I don't like the regular. I let you go. Oops, I let you go. <laughs> I asked him, this is it. It's an interesting thing. So imagine then that God is organizing somebody into your life, right? But you are put off by the person sent. You think you have a nice scent, but it's not your scent. If we let you come with your scent, you see that? And the beautiful thing, you know your scent. Do you know your scent? The one we smell is not your scent. Don't kid yourself. Do you understand that? So imagine, think about it, that God is organizing somebody into your life, but you are put on by the person's dresser. It means that you are choosing who should be close to you based on how people in the world do it. And people that don't understand how God organizes people. Do you see? God is organizing somebody into your life. And so he talks too much. She talks too much. But he or she's on the right path. Do you get it? Then you block the person. Then you choose based on fashion sense. You don't let a person get into your life because no way you'll fail. And I... Uh, you like the way she dresses or he dresses. You miss out on a lot of things. Hallelujah. What do you think? So God organizes us. Divine providence, that's one of the things that divine providence does. Divine providence makes people meet people. Makes people meet people. And not just that, organizes them into groups, into families, into tribes into clans. Divine providence does that. And God wants you to see it. Because the thing about what God does is that when God is doing it, the enemy also knows that then it is through that means that you be catered for. You check. For me, I can tell you how I coasted because I was in a certain company. Just yesterday, I was asking God, this season in my life, I couldn't close my eyes and see you. Right? And it was because the season before, I could close my eyes and when I do this, it's like I'm perceiving things. But after that season, when I do this, it's just my eyebrows that I feel. So I was asking, so God, how come he said, the season prior to this season you are complaining about, you were in a lot of congregational prayer meetings. Do you get it? So, and that was when I was on campus. 
prayer group and a bomb one year prayer meeting one year bomb one year times. Now you've learned proper prayer, right? Okay. But as you've learned proper prayer, you don't pray. So your time that you didn't even know proper prayer, maybe it's better than actually that season I'm talking about is after campus. A period in that period. I ah, where is God? I think you have to look for God. But before it was actually, do you see? He said it was because you were praying here, praying there, praying there. So at times you can be in a group eh, and the group can keep you. Because they are praying here, they are praying there, they are listening to the word here, we are singing here, a song is being given, they are listening to a message, they are praying, they are listening to the message. Yesterday, I was there and Elder to sent me a link of a certain man. Ha! You see, imagine I didn't know Elder Atu. <laughs> Do you see? Imagine. Because I can't explain. What God was showing me that this man. Whew. So I have a new man now. <laughs> well, of course, from there, even at dawn, I was listening to him. Like I wanted to listen to him till morning. But I realized that it will upset my preaching. So some guy be over the camera. You see. Some of you, it was a message. Somebody brought you a message. I remember how I met Reverend Siao. Someone used to play my messages in the room. He used to hear messages from me in that room. Do you see? Yeah. That's how we met. Do you see? So it's like, oh, roommates. Some of you, God is organizing a roommate for you and you also want to go. I remember when I went to university, I didn't come to university with my mates, right? So the person I knew was Pastor Timmy. He too, he was put in a different hall. So those things that I say, me and my friends want to go to the same room. Yeah, I, think I entered the room. It was a policeman. <laughs> Top first when he entered the room, policeman. Then some guy that came the previous year to do Akito, but I couldn't do it. So now came again to change his course into chemical engineer. I think he's a lecturer now. What's his name? I forgot his name. He was here. And he came through the training college too, so he was grown. Then there was a Muslim guy, Shafiq. There. Then I went to sleep on top. I didn't know anybody. Do you see? But this thing, you may also be forcing it. Do you see? You may be forcing it. I tell you, when you force, force, ah, you have to pray. Maybe God may tell you to leave it alone. Because he's organizing you. Some of you didn't get your first choice. Some of you didn't get your first choice school in SHS. When you wrote, you didn't do see. Then you put somewhere. Then you went like that. But my question is, what if you got your first choice? What would have happened? Do you get it? And we have stories to tell on that. Like for me, the choice of school, just when we needed to choose school in JHS, that I was going to choose St. Augustine's. College. And do you know why? The devil spoke to me. The devil spoke to me. Listen, the devil spoke to me. A friend came to me and told me that me, I'm not observant and detailed enough to do science. And that I would better be able to do a course like business. 
A classmate. Listen, a classmate. See, when you tell people things, you don't bear the burden. So you don't care much about what you say, but you have to care. Because of how God organizes us, I tell you, you have to keep quiet. If God hasn't sent you to say anything, hallelujah. Ooh. So I agreed with him. And I went to my, I told my mother that I will not do science. And in my house, if you come with that thing, they will allow you. So if I can't do science, at that time, they don't do, even now they don't, they don't do business. So you can't choose that school. You see, in general, I had to do it. You see, I was going to choose Augusto. In fact, it was like, then my father called me that. Wanted that. He thinks that science will give me a broader view and give me opportunity to branch, branch more. Business will restrict me. That's the only reason. I went back. We were from nursery school. That was the school I was going to. Right, but I was going to change it. I went back to choose my science like that. So I entered the school thinking that me now I'm not made for such like science. You see. Now, this thing it influenced me a bit, right? Even in the science, going go to the science, I chose technical drawing instead of biology. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. So physics, chemistry, elective maths, technical drawing. That's what I just, because I wanted to, the guy really, and at the time, I really agreed with him. You get it? Can you imagine that? If I had not gone to that school, not because of this, this day, school, you get it? We just do that because of bragging rights and things, that's all. But me, the human beings that I met there. Me, that my batch that I went to, it's like, have you seen a batch that is like, all of them are bad, then a few good people before. But have you also seen a batch that is like angels? I mean, that's my batch. You know my batch, people? Koju Samud, Prince Buedu, Berchi, stylish. Maybe you don't know that, but those are the people that Joseph Carting, those are the people that I was working with. Do you see? Because SU, we are not spiritual, but the SU. That's the thing. Because if there was no SU, who would you follow? Right? So we were not the spiritual people, but we followed SU. And that's why we stayed away from many things. Right? But these were the people that we met. My class that I was in, not academic, no, no, no. These were people thinking on a different plane. B. Do you get it? Yeah. Thinking on a different plane. Hmm. Hallelujah. Do you feel at times that in a particular generation, God seems to get his way more than other generations? In a particular age group, God seems to be able to influence things. It's like God says that at this period, these people will be going to this school. Let me send them to be together there. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, you have to believe this. Divine providence is not a general activity. Like, oh, let me just organize small, small. No, it's detailed in its organization. In what it seeks to do, the influence that it seeks to bring to bear. It's detailed. It's detailed. Certain casual encounters, you will find that they are not casual encounters. I remember this doctrine that I'm teaching you. Do you know how I found it? It was a classmate of mine in the university. 
That was the beginning of the change of my old doctrine. It's a classmate of mine in the university. Now, listen, me, that classmate wasn't supposed to be my classmate. Listen, he wasn't supposed to be my classmate because I jumped at our time. You stayed one year in the house, right? Me, I didn't stay one year. I jumped and came ahead of my mates. So this guy is supposed to be my senior and I became mates with him, right? So it was God in my jumping? Because me, that Novdek I went to write and the result I got, I still can't believe it all. <laughs> oh yeah, because I feel like, hey, I did too well for. <laughs> but there were many things I didn't know when I was doing it. I'm telling you, there are many things I didn't know. But somehow, somehow, somehow. It was this classmate, when I was in, was it fourth year or fifth year? A casual talk. He disagreed with me on doctrine. I said, hey, Master. But at that time, Charlie, Papa, right? Then you say some things. You say something. I say, Master, Master, where are you getting these things from? You say, some of the things he has, you know, if he lets me know, it will confuse me. That even annoyed me. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> how do you decide that it will confuse me? Then he said, I'm going to give you one, right? Let's see how it goes. So he gave me a PDF, Divine Love and Divine Wisdom. See that book too. If you start reading, you know the seat up. So, ah, started reading this thing. Ah, what is this guy? So one day I went back to him because he, he was behaving. I think maybe he was afraid or something, but he didn't want to. So I said, Where are all the things? I took pen, I copied everything, and I sent it to my house. <laughs> From that time, me and him, we didn't discuss this subject. This like, maybe you feel like you have a friend. No, no, that discussion didn't come. Then next time, I find he didn't believe these things again. He had found somebody to, like, convince him. Do you get it? Yeah. Just a small encounter. And I'm telling that God orchestrated it. Now, on hindsight, it's easy to see, right? Yeah, it's easy to see. And this, it changed everything for me. How is it that I could take something like that, okay, on my own and be convinced about it. I don't have anybody to consult on the matter and read, check the scriptures on my own. How is that? See, I've always been a controversial figure, right? So, like, for instance, some of these things I will teach you and the way people speak about me. People speaking negatively about me, this is not the first time. I've had it since I was young coming. I'll do something. Maybe I'll stick to the rules. And people will say, and they'll tell again. Even when I was in SS, it happened. When I was in SS, two situations, they said they should demote me as a prefect. They said they should demote me, right? And then another situation, they said they should sack me. So two separate situations. Do you see? All of them were foolish cases, but it was because of an agenda, right? So my point is that if you look back, then if I probably had not met some of these adversities, right, maybe I would have been afraid. Some of you, your problem is that this is your first adversity. So just take it. It's an arrangement. God is preparing you for something. God is preparing you for something. So you look back and you say, no, you were prepared for this. Some of you, why did you believe the message? Because this message, if you see the message when you go, they share other messages that support it, and you are very happy with yourself. But this message when you go, whatever you hear out there, you disagree with. How did you agree with this message? 
How? I'm telling you, you are prepared for it. You were prepared for it. Other than that, how? Except you don't know the message as you are here, then we can't decide on your case. But you are prepared for it. You were prepared for it. And if you go back into your mind, you will see. Hallelujah. So the scripture that we read, what you see is that they are organized into three. So they mentioned three of the tribes together, then three of the tribes together, three of the tribes together. And it's because three, three like this, they represent different things, but together they form the church. Hallelujah. So the tribe of Judah, together with Reuben, together with God, they represent something. Actually, the three, as they represent three, Judah represents what is inmost or what is innermost. Reuben will represent what is intermediate. Then God will represent what is external. So everything is three, right? Uh-huh. So the three of them, Judah, Reuben, and then God, they are representing something in the Lord. But everything in the Lord has an innermost, an intermediate, and an external part. Do you get it? So it's four groups, right? Uh-huh. Four groups of three. And they all represent something in the Lord. Put together, they represent the church. That's how come they are 144,000. Hallelujah. But an interesting thing that I want you to take note of, there's something about the way they were organized, okay? And that's why I wanted to talk to us about divine providence. Now, Judah represents a spiritual principle. Reuben is a spiritual principle. God is a spiritual principle. So it's not just the name, it's what they represent. If they didn't represent something spiritual, they would not be in the Bible. Because the Bible is the word of God. The word of God is beyond what is material. So if a human being is in the Bible, it represents something spiritual, other than the fact that it's a human being. So Abraham is a person, right? But Abraham represents something spiritual in God. Isaac represents something spiritual in God. Jacob represents something spiritual in God. So if we say we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God is the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, he's the God of Jacob, it's because of what Abraham represents, Isaac represents, and Jacob represents. Please you understand that? Uh-huh. So now, these people represent principles, okay? Spiritual principles. And then, it is also said that what Judah represents and what Reuben represents and what God represents, they can be grouped together. Well, Judah is a tribe. So it means that one principle is also made up of sub-principles. And that's how it is. If there is a truth, it's one truth, right? But that one truth, it is true because of a combination of truths that make it true. Do you understand? If you jump, will you fall? You fall. That's true, right? But that statement is true because there's gravity, right? So there's the concept of gravity. There's the concept of your own weight and all the things that make this gravity thing work. So in thinking about the truth of you falling when you jump or when you jump from above, you come down. That truth, you have to discuss the sub-truths that make this thing really true. Do you understand that? So Judah as a concept or a spiritual principle has principles that are within it that make it what it is. Do you understand that? And those principles are also within Judah. So Judah as a tribe, then if God is organizing a group of people as Judah, you find that they are very similar in the way they are. Do you understand? In the way they perceive spiritual things, in the way that they relate. Like they move together easily. Please you understand that? Now that forms a tribe. Now I'm explaining something to you so you understand how the church is organized and how it is by providence that God is organizing us. Hallelujah. So we have the tribe of Judah. So let's say maybe as you are here, Pastor Enoch represents Judah 
the leader of the tribe, right? There may be the choir people aside that they are similar some way. Do you understand that? And because of they easily fit together under Pastor Enoch as a tribe of Judah. Please, you get it. Then maybe Emmanuel. So you two, you are Reuben, right? And then all the people behind you, they are similar. So that you now, when you lead them, you lead them in a seamless way. Please, you get it. Uh, then the others follow. But now, it is also said that Judah and Reuben are also similar on a certain level. So they can also dwell cohesively together. And together, they are also similar to God. The other side are. So we can group Judah, Reuben, and God together as a unit. And they represent a grand spiritual principle. Within that grand spiritual principle, you have the tribes, the individual tribes. And within the individual tribes, you have the smaller or the more basic principles. Please understand that. All right. Now, it is also said that when you group Judah, Reuben, and then God, it is like the next three tribes, these ones come directly after Judah, Reuben, and then God. Why is it that the verse 8 people didn't come in verse 7? It means that this Simeon, Levi, and then Issachar, the way they are, they fit more cohesively with the last person in Judah, Reuben, and then God. So that's God. They fit more cohesively. So the second group is closer to the first group. Do you understand that? Then the second one comes. Then the third one comes. Then the final group also comes. So we have three tribes in each group. All right. So now, what am I trying to say? I'm saying that the way they are organized, they are intentionally organized that way. Hallelujah. They are intentionally organized that way. Divine providence intentionally organizes. In heaven, they don't throw us out like the way they open the gates of St. Anthony's, right? You know, everybody rushes out. You know St. Anthony's in Accra. So when they open them, they are plenty camera. That's not how heaven is. We are grouped in heaven. We are grouped. And if you are like maybe in my house is close to you, your house in heaven, it's not because it's random. It's because the principle I represent is very similar and close to the principle you represent. Please you understand that? Like that. So, and if we are in a community in heaven, it means that the principles we represent, even though they are varieties, they fit together to form a bigger principle. Please you understand that? And it is God that organizes these things. God also organizes it in a church in this life. Hallelujah. And that is what our growth is about. Our growth as a church is organized by God. It's not just a random activity of, eh, everybody will met Nasi. No, it's organized by God. And this is how the growth starts. It starts from a smaller unit. So for, in every tribe, there are families. Smaller families, father, mother, children, right? Then when the children also grow up, they marry, they don't go, they stay. Then their children also marry, they don't go, they stay. So eventually they form a big clan, right? Uh -huh. So now the same principle. We too, we start by people who are very easily connected together by God. Do you understand that? But eventually when God is done with us, we will not be a people that are very connected directly. For instance, if you take Judah, Reuben, and then God, then you take the last group, Zabulon, right? 
Joseph and then Benjamin. You see, there's a distance between them, right? It means that even though they all form the church, those intermediate people must come before the connection will be established. So if you take Judah at the top and then you take Zabulon, there seems not to be a direct link. Do you understand that? But they still belong in one place. Hallelujah. So when we start, when we start growing, we find that kindred spirits, because that's how God is organizing from the beginning, kindred spirits. So we find that we easily find ourselves. We start moving together because then in that case, God is building the family unit. You get it? Now, as the family unit grows, it turns into a clan. So it means that more variety comes in, but it's easier to still link the varieties together. Do you get it? Because then they are on the same plane. Do you get it? But as more growth comes in, then we are allowed to have more variety that are not on the same plane. Hallelujah. Because spiritually speaking, Judah, Reuben, and then God, they represent the highest heaven. Those that come after us, Asa, Naphtali, and then Manasseh, they represent the intermediate heaven. Love to the Lord, love to the neighbor. You see, so my point is that on a certain level, what is being organized is those that are love to the Lord and are very similar. Do you get it? But love to the neighbor is lower than love to the Lord. Do you understand that? And Asa and those people represent love to the neighbor. Please do you understand that. Then we come to those that come after the uses. Simeon, Levi, and then that's the obedience of faith. Then the last people are which people? Zebulon, Joseph, they represent being joined to the Lord. What am I saying? The more we grow, the more we find that our growth will allow us to actually live and dwell with people who are also following after God, but are not on our level. But because we have known God, we see what they also are in God's kingdom. And we see that they are also a necessary part of God's kingdom. And actually what they are also makes what we are work. Just that, except you observe very keenly, there seems not to be a direct link because love to the Lord is on a higher level than love to the neighbor. But if you also look at it, you realize that they are the same. Not intrinsically, but in principle, in terms of how love to the Lord works, it works through love to the neighbor. Do you get it? So it means that if you are love to the Lord and you want to function, you must find love to the neighbor to function through. And love to the neighbor must find the obedience of faith to also function through. And through that, we are joined to the Lord, which is the last group. God is intentionally organizing us. And you must understand that being here and being connected like this, it was orchestrated by God. It means also that you have to learn to obey God in the way that you operate here. And you have to also be careful how you treat the fact that you are here. Because if you trivialize it, the enemy can enter in and blow you away when you must not be blown away. Do you understand that? Because you have not understood that it is God that organized you to be here. For instance, there are people that are found in a certain group uh, and they are thriving and they begin to think that they are thriving by the grace of God. So it's they and God. Not knowing that God supplying the grace, it was through the support system that was created which is the group that they find themselves in, which is the friendship that they find themselves in, which is the brethren that they find themselves dwelling with. 
So then they may take a step thinking that in taking that step away, they still have the grace of God. But what they have done is that they still have God, but the mechanism by which the grace of God was supplied to them, that mechanism is what they have left behind. Do you understand that? And it is because they did not realize that how they have encountered grace, it was organized by God intentionally using people. Please you understand that? It also means that then when God has organized you amongst people and he has brought you into contact with people, you must also think in terms of what am I in this person's life to do? To supply so that it will be the grace of God that is being supplied. So it's not just that the group you are in blesses you and helps you on your journey. You also are a part of those who must contribute to what the group is so that it can also help another person on his or her journey. You understand that? So you must also think that if God brought me into contact with this person, into contact with that person, and I'm among this group of people, and I'm close to this person, what is it that he brought me into that person's life to also do? Please you understand that? So that's how you think. So God organizes us. The moment you begin to think that it's a random thing that brought you into the place of your blessing, you are likely going to lose the blessing. It's a random thing that brought you into the place that has made you thrive. You are likely going to lose that place. Because when the enemy comes, you give in easily. You give it up for nothing. You sell your birthright for nothing. So you have to think that way. It means also then that if it is necessary, we have to make compromises to make sure that the group exists. Do you understand that? Yeah. Because it's God's lifeline that he has shown to you. It's God who is trying to help you. I remember I told you this story some time ago. When I was going to third year, I wanted a very posh hostel. And my parents were going to give me a posh hostel. But I met my friend who could not afford that posh hostel. So I went to a hostel that I did when you are me. It wasn't a hostel out there. When you even tell people that this is your hostel, we made the hostel popular, Tribel. Is it still there or is this Tribel? It was a homestead, right? And I went there because of my friend. Because you think that, oh, eh, but you also want your destiny, right? You want to be fine and to learn. And that say, on also calling baby, you can always meet. Do you get it? No. That's why I said. He said, no, this is divinely orchestrated. Do you understand that? So then I must make compromises so that I will remain with this guy. And I was in that hostel with him for two years. And it was a very powerful period. Very powerful two years. Many things. We ended up reading the same books. Like everything. If God is teaching me something, he is teaching him. If I found something, he has also found it. That's how it was. If I want to do something, he also wants to do it. Hey, I feel like going to Akio. I mean, too, I feel like going to Akio. You are going. But you have a friend. I feel like praying. Home. Hey, Sofuma, man. <laughs> <laughs> Me, my friends, when we met, like maybe we are coming, we see ourselves. When we meet, we shake our hands and we hug and we start praying in tongues. Those are my friends. Foster, Pastor Jonathan's brother. Hostel. That's what we used to do. We didn't care about anybody. Even if you want to care, your friend seems to not care. So you learn not to care from. Oh, yeah. You see, that's the thing. But you all your friends care. <laughs> that's what we used to do. Anywhere. 
You see, so then when you understand that it's God that orchestrated it, then you make compromises to keep those things that God has provided intact. Because you understand that it is not random. When you have lost something that God organized for you to get it back, we have seen some before. To get it back. To get it back. To get it back. Like some of you, maybe, maybe you have a beloved, you have a spouse. God has organized somebody for you, but you have not seen it. Throw it away. Then you, on hindsight, <laughs> see. Then you'll be looking for it back. Do you see? Like you saw. You'll be looking for your bed right By that time, your eyes clear everything, but to get it back. And you have seen some before. If I actually, I've seen a lot. So then when you see that it's God that is organizing it for you, you place a price on it, right? You see it as important. Then you make compromises to make sure that what God provided, it will not be lost. Please, you get it. Then in God organizing, when we are at the early stages of our organization, even people that are supposed to be your brethren, but of different tribe group, do you get it? When they come into your vicinity, because your growth is not proper, you are unable to accommodate them. So they are unable to find a place with you. So for instance, as we are here, we are growing, growing small, small. You find that then it's becoming clear the disparity in spiritual development amongst us. There are those that are so much deep into maybe love for the Lord. There are those that are deep into love for the neighbor. There are those that are deep into the other things, the obedience of faith. Like different, different things, right? But when your growth is not well, you think that everybody must by force become a love for the neighbor person. Do you get it? Or everybody must by force become a love for the Lord person. No. In God's kingdom, he disposes it such that everybody can find their place. And so one of the signs of growth is that we'll be able to accept amongst ourselves, that it is still God that has put us together, even though we are of different spiritual levels and some things concern some more deeply, some things concern some less deeply, some are moved by things, some are just wanting to die for the Lord, some are more careful in dying for the Lord, some are more about just show me what to do. When people are more about show me what to do and you are blaming them, they can't you use your mind. Do you get because you think that you are of a certain level that you intuitively are able to pick what you should do. So if somebody cannot do that, do you understand? It's some way. Now, if you are like that, it means that you are not ready for growth. Because growth means that we we'll decide that we can accommodate everything that represents the kingdom of God, all levels. All levels. Hallelujah. So then you now become appreciated. Okay, then this person decided they must be told what to do. Then the work becomes you that you think you have grown higher. Means that it's your responsibility to be able to help this person by making provisions so that from time to time he become aware or she become aware of what to do. Means that such a person can find a place amongst us. But if in your high place thinking that you have ascended, you fail to tolerate and appreciate what such a person at that level two is for you will drive that person away. So the person will feel like they don't belong. And it's not because they don't belong, but it's because we have not seen how the kingdom, when God is organizing, he does not just organize leaders. He organizes people that must follow the leaders. 
He organizes leaders after the leaders. He organizes everything. Hallelujah. He does not just organize uh, Judah and then uh, Reuben and then God together. He also organizes that. He's organizing. And a sign of growth is in our ability to appreciate that. Even though there are differences even in approach, differences in what we are disposed to do, even the kind of uses that we are disposed to do, everybody has when they must be called upon to do what they need to do. And everybody must be appreciated at that level. That means that we are growing. That is a sign. I'm showing a blueprint. If you want to know how will our growth be like, our growth will depend on those that seem to be very neatly joined together, how they will be able to open up for others that are not exactly like them to also find their place among them. And it will not be like they are a castaway. How we will not form tribes amongst ourselves that cannot exist with other tribes amongst us. So you form a tribe and then your tribe is said that they are somehow at variance with another tribe here and somehow at variance with another tribe here. It means that we are not ready to grow. And it's not because you say, I'm going to be at variance. It's just that we are different. There's something that makes you not exactly the same. But you have to understand that God has made provision for that. If God is the one that really organizes us, if divine providence is really what is working, then we must believe that God is the one organizing us. God is the one organizing us. If a brother or a sister is organized there, you must understand that it becomes your responsibility to also move to make sure that that brother or sister thrives. Do you understand that? Finds their place. Not cast away. It becomes your responsibility. Because God is organizing us. That's a sign that we are ready to grow. That's a sign. One of the things that when I was younger, I used to be bothered about is why I want to move. But like the way I'm seeing the thing, like I used to think that everybody can see things in the way I see it. Like everybody can understand in the way I understand. Everybody can appreciate, like see the light. Do you understand? So I used to think that if people have not seen, they now they don't want to see. The one day, God told me, not everybody is like you. See, now, not everybody is like you. It's not a sign that you are better than everybody. It's just that you have grace for some things in a certain way because of where you fit in God's organization. For instance, like you, the kind of revelation you will see when you pray for seven days. If I don't pray, I'll still see it. Yeah, like you open your Bible and try to understand the scriptures, right? After fasting and praying for 21 days. If I don't fast and pray and I'm just walking about, I also open my same Bible with you. I'll see things that you don't see. Do you understand that? Yes. Why? Because there's grace for that according to what I've been called to do. There's grace for that. When God told me, I realized, okay, then let's relax for everybody. That's when I calmed down. And I realized that uh, we are different. We are different. When the God said that the people that you are saving their life, they will also save your life. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. You are laboring for them. Their labor will also make you try to keep laboring for them. Do you get it? So imagine if all were trained to be like me. For instance, some of you, you do things I don't understand. Though. There are some way. Right? But I just take it that it's your ministry, and me, I don't understand your ministry. That's why I leave you alone. That you're a certain special type of person I've not understood. So let me work on understanding you. 
Do you understand? But maybe the way you are, something good will come out of it. But in the future, we may be looking for you there and have moved you, forced you to be something else, right? That's my point. And if we begin to appreciate things like that, we find that now we are ready to grow. We find that now we are ready to advance. Because growth will not mean that we just have Judah. <laughs> just Judah. There'll be growth will mean we have Judah, we have Reuben, we have what? God. And not just that. We then go on to have what? Asa, we have Nephtali, we have Manasseh. Not just that, we go on to have what? Simeon, we have Levi, and then we have Issachar. And not just that, we go on to have Zabulon, we have Joseph, and then we have Benjamin. Twelve. Everything organized together by God. And the only way we'll be able to see it is to see through the eyes of divine providence. Otherwise, when we are there, it will not make sense to us. It will not make sense to us. It will not make sense to us. It will not make sense to us why some people are the way they are. But you see that some people, if you want to complain, you complain about them, right? You see, there is a certain way. Do you get it? But you also will be surprised that that way that they are, that's how they must be. Of course, in every way that you are, you must improve upon it. You must not abandon that way. Do you get it? You must improve upon it. So some people are calm. They are on them, that why are they so calm? Do you get it? No. You sound like Isaka. Isaka. This Isaka for Mushia Mushia, right? But my mom said, Yeah, quiet people, why for the best quiet people? Benjamin. Benjamin is true. So, because Benjamin follow, I don't know what to say, Isaka for. Maybe. You have to see providence and see what God is doing. And then you will see that you must not just have Benjamin, you must also have Isaka. Because eventually it's the joining together of the diverse principles that make heaven. And if we will represent heaven, then we must assume the diverse principles. And at times, some of them are not very close. That's why even in church, shepherding is done in a certain way. So that you have a leader that is able to lead you. Do you get it? But a pastor, when he attempts to lead you, even though, or, you know, may not work. Do you get it? Yes. Because it be a distance in the So, what's more, be, say, maybe uncle class one for a day, right? Maybe a university graduate, so uncle class one for a day, and he has not been trained to handle the class one people at their level, right? So, he'll be using like some of us, when we are teaching our children, we are tempted to do. You see, this in there, we can just explain that if you want to cross-check this, you have to just move this number here and then see. But how do you explain that to the child? Do you get it? But someone can do that same thing in an interesting way that, for example, that's why in church here, Sunday school people are important. You see, everybody must teach their children about God, but it's not the way you think. As a parent, the best example of God that you must give to your child is to be that example. To live by spiritual principles. And you will have opportunity to explain those spiritual principles from time to time. But an organized teaching session, do you get it? Like we cannot teach our children if they give us a chance, but we send them to school. (laughs) 
or you send them because you don't have time. No, it's because there are people that are specially trained and they seem to have a way about them. That's one thing that I find strange about like nursery school teachers. I don't understand how they can teach their children to know. If we are going to grow, then we must believe in divine providence. And divine providence works in this way that I've explained. If we can get it, we will not move away from something God is organizing for us. And we also participate in it in a way that it will grow. Because somebody is not on your level, does not mean that that person must not be in your group. Do you understand that? He must not be amongst us. Like when I maybe you want somebody to come to church twice a week, Sunday, Taliban, or no, or that he sees that he must come to church once a week, Sunday. Let the person come. People that only think they must come to church once a week also can dwell amongst us. Do you understand that? You are, you are trying to lead somebody to come to church, but a person will team messaging with you. You can organize a curriculum for the person in the house with the messages on podcasts to start from there. The aim is that eventually you move up, right? But if somebody is proving some way and different from the frequency that you are meeting the person on, and then you feel like the person must be abandoned, then there's a problem. Then the worst one is where we segregate ourselves based on material things. When I say material, it's not manual. Like I said, the spray that is on your fashion, whether you are fresh or not. Some of you like to be close to fresh people. But when I say fresh, pretty or handsome people. Those that are not handsome, what should we do? <laughs> you see. And some of us, it's now that they say we are handsome, but we don't even know. When we're young, we're not handsome at all. I have to show you some of my pictures when I was in SHSN, even university, throughout university, class, I have to show you some. So we've seen suffering because we are not easily who doesn't like to move towards a nice thing? Some people are pretty handsome, nice, proportional. No, we're not proportional. Yes, we had songs sung about the way we looked by our friends. When they are talking with my friends, my friend's small sibling, nursery school boy, when JHS 3 or something, this boy, we're all moving. We're going to pick a taxi. He said, ah, why are your legs so slim? <laughs> oh! <laughs> you see, so we know how it means to separate people because of the way they look. Do you see? No, don't do that. Because that person may save your life. Likeness and organization into tribes has nothing to do with the body. That's everything to do with the man that is inside. Do you get it? Some of you, your spouse smells. So you will not accept them as your spouse. And you go for the one that baths in the distance. <laughs> and then you will see in the future that the body smells good. But the man inside or the woman inside. Yeah. Meanwhile, you could still see the person inside and then be sending small, small spray. Do you understand? Yes. Some people must be taught that they have to change their shadow every day. This is school uniform. How many school uniforms do you used to have? Two. I mean, there was a point I had five. Every day I used to change my school uniform. That's how my mother organized things. 
The worst I had was three. You see. So I tell you, oh no, not tell you why. So this is a woman from a woman, but I tell you, the from a woman more in your foot. Like it doesn't change. Like it's okay, but contrary to popular opinion, like if you hang your dress the following day, it still smells good. It's not true. The following day, you still see that. Yes. So you can just then buy a few more shirts, right? Because the man within God is organizing him for you. The woman within God is organizing her for you. But you are going to run away and go and join yourself to mix multitude. And then you find yourself in trouble. So that's even the worst. We're even amongst us in church. We have organized ourselves into natural tendencies. No, the spiritual tendencies. So somebody must be in your tribe, eh? but the natural tendency is what is making you lost. And you must be discerning. Because you'll find that in the future, when we move, because these people, they moved in an army. When you move in the army, you will see that there's a place that that person is the one that would have fit. There's a place. There's a place. Hallelujah. There's a place. And then you understand that we don't always have to be the same. If God is organizing us, we will still fit, but we don't have to be the same. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us. Amen.